Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. We hope you enjoy this sermon from a recent Sunday worship service. I have recently been a little obsessed with the Catfish the TV show. It's on MTV and Hulu. The term catfish or catfishing is known as the process of luring someone into a relationship by means of a fictional online persona. So the host show, Neve Shulman, created the show after releasing a documentary about his own online romance. Neve fell in love with a woman online through Facebook and even thought she might be the one. However, they were never able to video call or meet, so Neve became a little suspicious. Eventually, it was discovered that the woman posing as the 18-year-old online was actually a 40-year-old housewife in real life. After the documentary was released, his email inbox flooded with messages from people all over the country who had similar stories. He decided to create this TV show in order to help more people get the answers they deserved. The show brings couples together who've only interacted online and they supposedly have fallen in love, but what will happen when they meet in real life for the first time? People of diverse ages, genders, sexualities, locations, and backgrounds have had their stories told on Catfish, the TV show. The hosts help them like detectives, re reverse searching phone numbers, and looking people up online to find the truth. Eventually, they end up reaching out to the catfish to request a meeting, often hesitant at first to emerge behind their lies and deceit. The catfish almost always concede. They're given a chance to explain themselves and to answer questions then from the person being catfished, usually, why? Some observations from your minister who just finished eight seasons. <sighs> I've been busy. In an age of multiplicities of digital connection, we are surprisingly disconnected. People are dying to connect by any means necessary. And I'll talk a little bit later about the actual mortality of loneliness. People can be whoever they want to be online. But the fear of rejection and poor self-esteem is a huge element of all of these stories. Many folks have experienced trauma, have trust issues, and may have even been catfished before themselves. Once given the opportunity to come clean, most catfish express a sense of relief. Even if the romance does not come to fruition, they no longer have to hide behind anything. Sometimes these stories end happily, but often they end in hard lessons on both sides. My fascination with this TV show stems from a desire to know how to care for these individuals who find themselves hiding behind false personas in order to achieve meaningful connection in their lives. 
What would I do if I were their pastor or chaplain? How would I hold space for them to explore their fears, anxieties, and worries? How might I reassure them that authenticity is the best way to connect with others given their experiences of trauma and rejection? I've thought a lot about this epidemic of loneliness in the past four years as the COVID pandemic riddled us with anxiety and separated us physically. In a brief entitled, Our Epidemic of Loneliness and Isolation, released just last year in 2023, the Surgeon General advises on the healing effects of social connection and community. They estimate in that brief that the mortality impact of being socially disconnected is similar to that caused by smoking up to 15 cigarettes per day. Around the world, one in four adults have reported feeling very or fairly lonely. In the US though, it's one in two that are living with measurable levels of loneliness. It's broader swath of the population than the number of people with diabetes. A new survey taken across 142 countries found that 24% of people aged 15 and older self-reported feeling very or fairly lonely in response to the question, how lonely do you feel? So that's almost a quarter of the globe. The survey also found that rates of loneliness were highest in young adults, with 27% of young adults ages 19 to 29 reporting feeling very or fairly lonely. The lowest rates were found in older adults. Only 17% age 65 and older reported feeling lonely. The Surgeon General's advisory report found that loneliness increases the risk of premature death by 26% and isolation by 29%. Feeling lonely also increases a person's risk of heart disease by 29% and the risk of stroke by 32%, according to the American Heart Association. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy urges that building social connections in our life has to be a vital priority. So let's get into loneliness. There are really three basic types. There's social, emotional, and existential loneliness. The social loneliness occurs when you don't feel a sense of belonging to a group beyond yourself. You might feel left out or outcast from a group. That feeling of not fitting in builds up in your heart and mind. Emotional loneliness arises from a feeling that you lack relationships or attachments. You might be missing loved ones or friends and feel this loneliness in your heart. The existential loneliness is a result of a broader separation related to the nature of existence, and in particular, a lack of meaning in life. You might be in the company of others, but experience existential loneliness all the same. Big questions can leave you feeling small or even insignificant. 
And you might seek out a church or spiritual community to seek answers to these big questions and quell some of these lonely feelings. Each type conjures up different sensations in the body, right? The social loneliness, being separated from a group, the emotional being separated from people and relationship, and the existential being separated from your place in this world. I wonder, have you felt each of these before? And is there one that you're feeling right now? Perhaps you're witnessing others or someone else in your life experiencing one of these types of loneliness. What is there for us to do about it? The Surgeon General's Brief, which is actually a really good read with lots of graphics and charts, it outlines what faith-based communities and organizations can do. And I think UUCF is doing a pretty good job. But I'll share some of these tips anyway so we can continue pondering these important things. Creating opportunities and spaces for inclusive social connection and established programs that foster positive and safe relationships, including among individuals of different ages, backgrounds, viewpoints, and life experiences. Embed social connection in internal policies, practices, programs, and evaluations. I think of that as like our personal check-ins before we start a committee meeting. We want to embed that social connection in with our policies and practices and programs. They say to actively seek and build partnerships with other community institutions, such as schools, health organizations, and workplaces, to support those experiencing loneliness and social isolation, and to create a culture of connection in the broader community. Create and provide educational resources and support programs for community members and key populations, such as parents, youth, and at-risk populations. Foster a culture of connection in the broader community by highlighting examples of healthy social connection and by leading by example. The letter from the Surgeon General at the top of the brief, honestly, reads like a sermon. And I thought I'd include a little excerpt from here today. He says, we are called to build a movement to mend the social fabric of our nation. It will take all of us, individuals and families, schools and workplaces, healthcare and public systems, technology companies, governments, faith organizations and communities, working together to destigmatize loneliness and change our culture and policy response to it. It will require reimagining the structures, policies, and programs that shape a community to best support the development of healthy relationships. And he says, each of us can start now, in our own lives, by strengthening our connections and relationships. Our individual relationships are an untapped resource, a source of healing hidden in plain sight. They can help us live healthier, more productive, and more fulfilled lives. Answer a phone call from a friend. Make time to share a meal, 
listen without distraction of your phone, perform an act of service, express yourself authentically. The keys to human connection are simple but extraordinarily powerful. Loneliness and isolation represent profound threats to our health and well-being, but we have the power to respond. By taking small steps every day to strengthen our relationships and by supporting community efforts to rebuild social connection, we can rise to meet this moment together. We can build lives and communities that are healthier and happier. And we can ensure our country and the world are better poised than ever to take on the challenges that lay ahead. Our future depends on what we do today. Signed, Vivek Murthy, the 21st Surgeon General of the United States. UUCF is a community of communities. Small groups, affinity groups, committees, social justice teams, and even potlucks are all ways that offer the engagement and fellowship to combat loneliness. Even hosting the hypothermia prevention shelter that begins next weekend is a way of combating collective loneliness in our area. We Unitarian Universalists seek connection and we seek meaning. All are welcome and all are called to serve one another. Blessed be, may it be so, and amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. To listen to more sermon podcasts, go to uucf.org slash worship hyphen services and scroll down to sermon podcasts.